This episode is brought to you by 510Co. I don't know about you guys, but I'm sick of taking L's on sneakers app, and especially taking L's on getting basketball shorts. Are you tired of taking L's on basketball shorts? Check out 510 at 510co.com. The most comfortable NBA-inspired basketball shorts at an affordable price. Everybody should be able to drip on and off the court. No L's, ever. 510co.com. That's 5-T-E-N-C-O.com. Also check them out on Instagram at 510co. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Killer Crossover Podcast. It's your boy, E-Man. It's your boy, Mo, with special guest, JC No Hunteds. What's happening, everybody? In today's episode, we're going to touch on a preview of the NBA Finals, and we're going to hit on the injuries that have plagued the NBA throughout the season and these playoffs. Let's go. Due to technical difficulties, we're going to be jumping ahead in the conversation to what Eman, Mo, and JC think Coach Budenholzer should be doing as far as adjustments compared to what he did in Game One. Yeah, like I was saying, maybe maybe the answer to getting not only getting Bobby Portis more minutes, but also creating some mismatches to take advantage of would be to get Bar- get Bobby Portis into that starting lineup. Bench Connaughton. Connaughton? Nah, Connaughton. And then you just you just impose your size on Phoenix. So now you have Giannis at the three, Bobby Portis at the four, and Brook at the five with Middleton at the two. So now you're going to have to go with... I mean, you're pretty much going to have to put either CP3 or uh, Booker on Middleton, and either way, that's going to be a mismatch. It sounds yeah, I, good I, in theory. It's just the only thing that... The only thing that the problem with it is that what I've been noticed is that Bud's been relying on on his his bigs to just rely on drop coverage. And that's a big weakness yeah. that the Suns have been exploiting all throughout this playoff run. Because anytime a defense is playing drop coverage against them, that's one of their strengths, especially with a point guard like CP3. So now you're putting a, a lineup of all bigs against CP3. Like he's he's literally in a he's he literally turns into a little kid in a in a playhouse at that point because and all so, he has to and do so is you get, don't switch. And that's that's the that's the other adjustment you gotta make is that you so just I, don't switch at all. Which is which is easier <laughs> it's it's easier said than done because with CP3, once he gets you on the back hip, it's oh yeah, it's a wrap because that's the thing with Mikael Bridges, all he has to do is just stand in the corner and then he at that point he I I know what you're saying. Yeah. I just haven't then, seen it from this from this Bucks team to to see oh, yeah. it because because at this point what I saw in Game One was I I know the Bucks are good at pace but what I saw from Game One was this is the ultimate uh, this is the ultimate matchup between uh, size versus uh, speed yeah and so and, and in Game One speed won out all the way like that they just the, the Suns just almost, paced almost, out almost always gonna win <laughs> yeah um which was. It wasn't shocking, but for a team like the Bucks that do have the size but also can push the pace, they just seem completely lost out there uh, with a team that's fully natural with a with a, with a, with going in pace. Um, so that's what I mean. Like 
a lineup where you're just again it was like mo had said on on the last uh pod that i was here it, teams are are making their what should be their strength uh, which is their size they're turning it into their weakness and it's bud's not adjusting with that and he seems to i don't know i, I just don't know what it is with him he's not adjusting and that's my issue with with bringing brooke and off the bench with bobby portis at that point you gotta then rely on Giannis to play 48 minutes because what happens when you sit him down because I, there's nothing much you can do. Like you, you're gonna have to, you have to sit him down. Then you're gonna, have, you're gonna have to play. Cause then what with PJ Tucker, somebody's gonna have to play that that five with, with without Giannis on the court. And at that point, do you trust a, a lineup with Brooke and potentially Bobby Portis on the court without Giannis? And so my yeah, my response to that is my response to that is they did it in games five and six against the Hawks where Giannis isn't there so now you have now you have Brooke Lopez in his natural element where he can dominate inside and then when you think he's gonna when you think he's gonna go inside when you think you got him inside he's outside for the for the for the jumper I understand and so no I I completely agree with you I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate. I'm I'm basically trying to make these adjust, adjustments for Bud because he's not making yeah. them himself. But, yeah. But so so uh, let me let me go back a little bit uh, when I was talking about you know bringing Bobby Portis into that starting lineup and then sitting. I, I said Connaughton, but I think it's actually uh, PJ Tucker that's been started. You bring PJ Tucker in off the bench. Now if you have now what you do is you don't switch defensively and when you when you have cp3 coming off screens you gotta let you gotta let your man go and stay with cp3 you 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 gotta come you gotta come under play chris paul for the shot you play the percentages if he shoots he makes it fine but you don't want him penetrating and getting and messing up your defense then i mean you you don't go with that lineup for the whole quarter obviously maybe at the maybe at the six minute mark you take one of the big one of the big men out and then you put pj tucker in there and then you take Giannis out and you put the other big men back in and then now you have that same lineup where they basically killed the hawks with because they impose their size, they impose their will. It's kind of like it's kind of like the adjustment that the Warriors made in 2015 when they put Andre Iguodala in the in the starting lineup. They went small, knowing that they weren't going to have a size advantage, but they were going to impose their game. The Bucks need to do the same thing, but their game is size and strength. Yeah, I think for the for the Bucks standpoint, their Bud is going to also going to have to add up wrinkles to his offense um he's mm-hmm. very feast and feast or famine in that regard where if it's working we're just gonna ride that wave until we can no longer ride that so uh, i think they need to incorporate a little bit more better ball movement in their o- offense uh they're going quite a bit one-on-one iso too much for my liking uh the jumper is not falling um so i i would uh, i think it's best for them to call for a bit more post-ups um more cuts in their offense, get some easy baskets, and and, and push the tempo uh, in, in transition. Like they can get up and down. The Bucks are a really good 
good transition team, you know, Giannis in the open floor, you know, that's that's the guaranteed bucket. Um, so just, just don't don't be so predictable. You're playing right into uh, into the Suns' hands. Like obviously they're not as big as the Bucks, but if you want to get into a track a track uh, race with them, then that's that's what they want to do. That's what Phoenix is going to feast on that. But so you're going to have to switch things up. You're going to have to get the team different looks because um, I don't think they can really necessarily defend Giannis one on one. I don't think there's anybody on that roster that can defend him one on one. But they're going to have to take advantage of any. I'm still trying to, <laughs> I'm still trying to play the case for some matchup that uh, the Bucks can exploit. But as of this point, it's just gonna, it's gonna be, you know, aggressiveness, and it's gonna be Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, kind of stepping their games up and 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 and, and, and um, forcing their will on both ends of the floor. Yeah, and on top of that too, um, to try to shoot, but some, a little bit of bail. Drew Holiday also just has to be better too. Yeah. Um, he was not good at all in game one. And we're at the halfway point of game two. And he's shooting three for 14 as we're yeah, recording. I was just going to say the same story today. So, you know, it. They, we can talk about matchups all we want. But the the guys who got to go out there and execute, um, they can put themselves in position and that's fine. But three for 14 still is not going to cut it when you're if you're still in position. So, you know, like... Drew Holiday, you know, the running joke that we've all heard is that Eric Bledsoe still hasn't left the Bucks. <laughs> Damn. Oh, like, that's cold. That's like, cold. that's, you know, I, that. Nah, I can't, I can't, I can't run with that. <laughs> I mean, you can say you can't run with it, but what have you seen that hasn't changed? I mean, yeah, they've gotten further, yeah, but he's a better He's a better defender, that's for sure. Right, but look at Drew Holiday's numbers and compare him to Eric Bledsoe's. What's different? Nothing much has been different throughout this playoff run. That's right. a great point. That's well, a great point. Well, uh, really, and the, really... uh, the reason for that is Coach Bud and Giannis. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's the running joke. It's You look at their numbers and it's like, well, you, you're not relying on Drew Holiday the way people thought Drew Holiday was going to be relied upon for this playoff run. It's it really hasn't been him. He showed up in in key moments for them, like the game seven, sure. But you take away the final moments of that game seven, and let's let's focus on what happened beforehand. Nah, I could have subbed Eric Bledsoe in, and you wouldn't have noticed the difference. Like we we can all see that from from the jump. Um, so yeah, no, nah, that he he's gonna have to execute, uh, especially if they're gonna want to have a chance to tie this up by the end of this game. Um, yeah, it, it, it doesn't. I don't know, man. It just—it it just looks like it's Phoenix run. It, it just looks like it's their time. It, it does. Oh, it does. This, this, it. You know, the injury piece is unfortunate, but like I've said for a few weeks now, uh, the way things are set up, it's just—it's tailor-made for the Suns to raise that Larry O'Brien Trophy. It just seems like it's their time. Yeah. You know, every time I think that, you know, they may have been figured out. You know, Monty does something completely changed the complexion of the series and I'm like okay these these boys are not afraid like every time you hit them they're gonna hit back so they they have the makings of, of a champion so I, again I apologize to the Phoenix Suns and Monty Williams yeah too. oh yeah definitely so you guys got you guys both got the Phoenix Suns to win the NBA finals how many games do you think it takes uh, Phoenix I got six. six 
Yeah. Phoenix and Both six. you guys, Phoenix and Six. So before, all right, before the playoffs, I put money on the Bucks. I did, I did that bracket challenge, NBA bracket challenge. I got money on the Bucks to take it in six. I didn't think Phoenix was gonna be here. I thought it was gonna be, I thought it was gonna be your guys' Lakers. But man, I'm gonna stick with the Bucks in six just because that's where I want my energy to go because I want that money. <laughs> but my heart that's and my mind, common sense is telling me that the Suns are gonna win it. And the way it's looking right now, it might be Suns and four. Suns and four. That's what it is. Really, you think you think you think the the Wallace is coming out? I you think really I think, think I think that Wallace is coming out. The Wallace. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I think I think some home cooking though. They'll get right with some home cooking at least. Right. I, I don't I don't know, man. And all right, so this is this is also this is also why I think uh it's gonna be a quick series is because if Milwaukee makes it competitive, they can't fire Bud. If they get swept, they can still fire Bud. Yeah. If they make it competitive, there's no way they can fire him. Oh, Bud's the safe man in. Like this year was he's just Oh no, he's safe. No. Like, no, he's, 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 I don't he's think so. safe man in. I think I think if he's, oh, I think game, he's, game, I, game seven should have told you game seven should have told you he's safe this year. No, game, I think like, I think if they get swept, if they get swept, he should be gone. If I'm, if I'm um, the, uh, what's the name? What, what's, it, what's their GM's name? Jim Forks or something like that? John Horst? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, if I'm him, I'm, I'm getting rid of Bud at the end of this year. I'm getting rid of him. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, know, I know what you're saying, right. but you got to remember, at the very least, he's gotten his back pocket okay was Giannis really a hundred percent for us right. was he you're really gonna he's let got me that, walk out even, no he's even, got even before that though get out of jail even free be, card even he before, does that even he does before have his injuries even before his injuries that should that should tell I, Horace I that his that with a fully healthy team coach Bud still sucks I agree with you <laughs> he would be gone he would have been gone before the season even started. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Yeah. But the results don't back up what we're saying right. to do it. That's the, if Giannis had been healthy and they could get blown out as pro sweep, then yes, by all means. But what he's got in his back pocket, if it does happen is, yeah, but was Giannis, did I have a fully healthy Giannis? And they're gonna look at it and they're gonna say, they're gonna say, <laughs> well, you did get us to the finals without Giannis. And <laughs> I know you would, but they're going to look at the results and the results say, well, we're going to give you another contract. It's fine. And that's the thing about 2021. It's a season where everybody wanted to asterisk 2020, but 2021 is the one where people are going to have to eat. Right. And I'm laughing at everybody for that. Right. I'm not putting an asterisk on 2021 because people wanted an asterisk so bad on 2020 that now I'm not it's like one on any of them. Exactly. It's now it's just like, oh, you want so bad for last year to be such an asterisk, but look yeah, how funny no, it is now this year. There's right? no 
there's no asterisk championship because no matter what, every team has gone through. Yeah, yes, single, exactly. All, all the same things. Exactly. Every team went through the pandemic last year. Every team that went to the that competed in the playoffs last year went through the bubble. Uh, every team, well, every team that stood a chance in the bubble, anyways, went to the bubble. And like, it, it's just if you go back into history, you could put an asterisk next to every NBA champion. Like, Absolutely, you can make an argument. No, you can definitely make an argument. I mean, yeah. Go back, go back to when the Warriors won their first, uh, in their first in forty years in two thousand fifteen. Kyrie and Kevin Love were injured. Two thousand sixteen, when the Cavs won, Draymond got suspended and Curry was injured. Yeah. And then go back to what? Go back to seventeen and eighteen. Oh, it was a super team. You know, you had KD join, join the join up basically a championship team it's, it's just there's there's and then was it 2019 when the raptors won it clay and kd got injured i mean there's an asterisk next to every champion but me personally i'm not putting an asterisk next to anybody because no matter what you still have to go out there you still have to compete the only asterisk i'm putting next to is the dodgers because i fucking hate the dodgers <laughs> <laughs> You know who Bud reminds me of? <laughs> Bud reminds me of Herc from The Wire. No matter how much Herc fucks up, always finds a way to lounge and bounce back. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Bud's going to continuously fuck up. Yeah. And at the end of it, he's still going to be okay. You and know, it's not it's, fair. It's completely not fair. And he right. should be gone because right. he's completely incompetent. But guess what? He knows where the bodies are at, so he's gonna bounce back. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's like the the craziest thing about the, the craziest thing about all these fellas is that we have now transitioned into what I like to call the the, the narratives. It's all about narratives. It's becoming less about sports and the players, and all about the narratives. So the narrative uh, in regards to Coach Budenholzer is, like I said before. The minute he won game seven in Brooklyn, that's when his job was saved. That was his get out of jail free card, the first one. Second one is when Giannis went down what it looked like a season ending injury with uh, eight to 12 month rehab. That was his scapegoat. So now, whether they win or lose the finals, if they get swept, like, I, I agree with you guys both. He's gonna be back regardless. And should he be back? Fuck no. No. Like, <laughs> David Fisdale deserves a head coaching job. And I think he'd be perfect for that for that role, just to be putting it out there. I mean, I'm glad he's on the Lakers as assistant coach, but my man has gotten shafted twice by two different franchises. And I, I want to see my man to get in the head coach game again, but that's just for selfish reasons. But yeah, Bud's Bud safe. Whether they get humiliated in the finals or not, he's not going anywhere. And um, in terms of this whole Ashes thing, you know, I, I resent that obviously because, you know, my team took advantage of, of the bubble. And we were able to win a championship number 17 uh, uh, in the first one back uh, since a decade. So as a Laker fan, a diehard Laker fan, I, I resent that, but I get it. It's, it's the narratives and I just, this is the part of pro sports that I hate is the narrative game. It's always a app or, oh, well, look at it this way. 
for devil's advocate. I mean, that's cool, but can we just can we just give these teams these, uh, their flowers? You know, can we give the Warriors their flowers for going to five straight uh, finals? You know, tra all trash talking aside, that's that's hard to do. It's hard enough to get to one championship, let alone five. Can we just give LeBron and the Warriors their flowers for giving us some incredible basketball over the last five years? You know, can we go to can we give Kawhi his flowers for going to Toronto? And bringing a title to a whole entire country, regardless of what who was on the floor, um, you know who wasn't on the floor. Can we once again? Can we give the Lakers uh, their flowers for going into an isolated area where there's no fans, they can't see their family, they can't see their kids. Mentally, they have to lock in. There's so much shit on the outside world. We're dealing with a global pandemic. People are losing their jobs. Houses, lives are being took, you know, the social injustice caveat. There's a lot of things that go that goes in uh, to winning that championship. And just from a mental standpoint, you see a lot of teams flamed out mentally because they just their hearts were just not in it. So for the Lakers to come out and do what they did, that deserves a lot of respect. But I get why people hate on it because it's LeBron. And it's the Lakers, and let's keep it real. People fucking hate LeBron, and people hate the fucking Lakers. So I get why they're trying to say that that ring wasn't legitimate. But at the end of the day, if it was your team, you'd be turning a completely different horn. And um, I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna leave it at that. And that's why I don't rock right, with yeah. no. I don't rock with no asterisk for that exact reason because um, right. my whole thing is like, well, if it was on the other side, would you guys from your fan base be rocking with an asterisk? No. Okay. Well, leave me alone. Because if I let other fans write my Lakers fandom history, uh, Mo, you know this, we'd only be celebrating two of the, the six recent titles that we've seen. Uh, from what I've heard, we can't count 2002 because the refs cheated. Uh, we can't count 2009 because LeBron didn't, didn't make it. Uh, we can't count 2010 because LeBron didn't make it. And then the Celtics got hurt. Uh, and then, of course, we can't count 2020 because a pandemic hit, which actually, if you think about it, kind of benefited everybody else because that was the lone one time where it was actually like 2K. Everybody was healthy. <laughs> Nobody had to worry about travel. <laughs> None of that. Everybody was in one secluded area. So it was like you literally got everybody at their normal 2K ratings. And not only that, the field was wide open. It could have been anybody's title to take. Yeah. Just like every year. Just like every year. At least in my opinion. Just like every year. Everyone has an opportunity to compete for the title. It's just I mean, let's let's be honest. The past few champions have always been who's the healthiest throughout the playoffs. And and the health and the healthiest team usually comes out on top. Exactly. And that's probably that's most likely why the Suns are probably going to win the championship this year yeah. because they've been the healthiest throughout these entire playoffs and continue to be, I mean, knock on wood, I don't want anybody to get injured, but continue to be the healthiest throughout the finals. So, I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. Uh, so you guys got Suns in six. I got, I got Milwaukee in six for the money. It's a business decision. I respect it. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Definitely respect it. Money's involved. I, you got to rock with it. <laughs> got to rock who's you, with Who's your guys' finals MVP? Uh, Chris Paul. 
Yeah, Chris the Paul's media. The, yeah, the, the media is running around like Chris Paul invented basketball for Phoenix, so <laughs> that's where it's gonna go. Uh, I'm not mad at it, especially after just game one. Uh, I don't expect him to put up uh, multiple 30-point games the way he did, uh, but he definitely set the tone in that game one. Um, it's the stars are aligning for him. It's it's just everything just looks like it's the right time. Um, and salute to him. You say everybody can say what they want about him and his style. I know he irritates people, but I mean the, the man's put in his work and he's put in his due. And if they can ride off into the sunset, no pun intended, um, he's earned it. Right, right. He's he's already he's already considered the the point god. You know, mm-hmm. if he if he were to walk away from the game tomorrow, he's first ballot. And a lot of a lot of players need a championship to validate their career. Uh, I'm in the mindset of saying there's there's certain players that just don't need a ring to validate their greatness. And Paul is definitely one of them. And right. it's a short it's a short list. Like he 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 affects the game uh very much like Draymond affects the game for your Warriors. He uh, mm-hmm. He just, it's his imprints are all over the game, no matter if they're on the offensive end or defensive end. So, in some way, some sh- he's gonna have a hand in that play, and yeah. he just and just the intangibles that he brings and the leadership, you know, and that and that's why he's going to win Finals MVP in my mind because look what he's doing for a young Phoenix team like these these cats had made the playoffs. Uh, again, since 2010. And it's very rare that a team can go from uh, losing seasons, uh, decade in the lottery, year after year, and then the minute you trade for a Hall of future Hall of Fame point guard in his first year with the team, you're playing for a title. That that doesn't happen. So that right there, like again, like I said, he does not need a, a ring to solidify his, his status because what he's done for the Phoenix Suns as an organization for that city, he's already stamped. He's already stamped. He's already certified in my opinion. Definitely. Definitely. Top five point guard all time already. Um, for me, finals MVP, if the Bucks are going to win it, it's going to have to be Giannis. Uh, I could see where it could be Drew Holiday. To your point, JC, he, Holiday has to be better. If he does show up and the Bucks say 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 the Bucks after say the Bucks lose this game, which it looks like they might down 12 in the third quarter right now. Uh, if they lose this game and then Holiday just goes off and the Bucks take off four straight to win it in six, I could see Holiday winning finals MVP. But in all likelihood, it would be honest because of the in all likelihood but again oh, yeah. we've we've seen we've seen we've seen some very improbable finals mvps in uh recent years specifically andre Iguodala. yeah which i still that's think, controversial i still think steph curry was wrong i still think yeah. steph curry was wrong but whatever <laughs> um, that, that, that's a that's a wild selection still to this day <laughs> now speaking we, we we talked about Giannis's injury uh these playoffs is just they've seen a whole bunch of injuries um and Mo I know you wanted to 
I know you wanted to hit on this topic for one. Why don't you, why don't you start us off? All right, so I'm just gonna lead off uh, with a simple question. So we're, we're, we're gonna backtrack here, okay? Um, the Lakers won the title on October 11th, 2020. Very, very happy my life, very happy day. And then 71 days later, uh, we are starting up the current season. And I said all along, I'm like, this is, this is, this is bad for a couple reasons. Uh, the, the need to rush season um, is not a good look, but I understand why they did it because at the end of the day, my, my, one of my favorite Chris, T Chris Tucker movies, Money Talks, and Money definitely talks, and when it talks, you better listen. So I understand the motivation to start the start the season the way that they did, but it was at the expense of the players. Uh, and I think this is a bright, when you're seeing all of these injuries to these stars, this is a byproduct of that. I don't know if it was Reed. I don't know. I can't really put my finger on as to why they started when they did and not push it back to mid-January like, would, would have made more sense. So uh, I, I start off by asking a question. Did the league drop the ball by starting the season when it did? And should they have started uh, later? Absolutely. Uh, I said the earliest they should have started was MLK weekend, MLK day weekend. Uh, in a perfect world, I would have waited to start until right after the Super Bowl ended. Um, that way for sure I would have knew, known the spotlight was on us just because of the, the rating situation uh, that went down with the bubble. Um, just didn't want the repeat of having to go up against the NFL during that time frame. Um, so money-wise, from yes, you're going to try to... I understand you're trying to get back as much as you can, but at the same time, as you were saying... You're not, you can only do so much without the primary product, which is your players. Um, if you're not giving your players rest, I mean, like, look at the schedule they had this season. I think some of these teams had, what, 13 to 15 practices total this year? Like, that's absurd. Like, every other day they had a game. So there's no practice. You're just going through a shoot-around and a, and a walkthrough. And then that's that. So for, it makes sense why the Jazz kicked their season off the way they did and they, you know, maintained that number one seed. They really didn't have much turnaround on their roster. So they were all familiar with each other. They didn't need, I mean, everybody needs practice, but they didn't need to get acclimated with each other. They already know, they were in the know. This isn't an excuse for the Lakers, but when you bring in a brand new, half the team is brand new and everybody's just on shoot around, then you gotta deal with the injuries. Um, you can only get away with that for so long, which is what we saw when they started 21 and six. And then when the bodies start going down, well, oh, shit. that's when, you know, that's how it goes. And that's just not to say, well, that only happened to our Lakers. I mean, look what happened to the heat when the season first started. Um, Jimmy Butler was dealing with COVID in the beginning. Uh, some other players went down from jump. I think their first two or three months, they had so like so many down lineup changes. Right. That it, starting it just, lineup every night. Yeah, yeah. It, it was ridiculous. Um, 
I mean, you can't put all of the injuries on the the shortened season because there were teams that didn't go to the bubble. Yeah. Um, you know, Matt knows this from, you know, I don't, this is not to rub it in because I felt horrible when I heard the news. The Warriors didn't go to the bubble. And then the night of the draft, Clay Thompson just doing a, a regular workout. All of a sudden he ends up injured. You know what I mean? So it wasn't a situation where everybody that was injured was necessarily got rushed because of the bubble. Some guys didn't go and hadn't played till March and were just getting back into the swing of things. So it wasn't all that. But by just solely focusing on the money and not taking into account, hey, maybe we should kind of, you know, I know we're going to take a hit, but maybe we should just make sure our guys are intact while we take this hit because if we take a hit and then our guys aren't intact what are we really doing because there's going to be so many guys that are out to start the season next year when everything is back to normal and what what did at in the end what did you do because the money's still going to be made next year like the the, the fans are going to be back into the arenas everything's for the most part going to be back to normal but the you know some of these guys and like you said these are stars that are getting were hurt at rapid rates. Um, that's not to diminish or say the role players don't matter um, because you definitely feel for any player that gets injured. But the stars at rapid rates were going down. Like These are the guys that are, these are the reasons why the, the box offices are getting sold out at, at that rate. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those ones where, yes, money does talk, but it's, hey, um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in you, you do reap what you sow. Um, so I get what you guys are saying. I do agree with you guys. To a point, but I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. So, all right, first to address the whole COVID thing, every team had to deal with with COVID in one way or another. So, so in in that in that sense, and, and COVID wasn't going anywhere at that at the time. At the time, COVID, COVID wasn't here. going anywhere. It's so still here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, waiting. To start the to wait so waiting to start the season wouldn't have really mattered because of, because COVID is still around. Uh, only now it's slightly more controlled because more people are getting vaccinated. Um, but even then, vaccinated vaccinated or not, you can still contract the, the the disease, as we saw with Damian Lee towards the end of the season uh, for the Warriors. That's that's the COVID part. Now these injuries. How many of these injuries were actually lingering injuries? compared to freak accidents or or one-offs that you know happen in game naturally like that's basketball a is a contact sport. right basketball yeah, is a contact a sport, sport right right yeah. so it, it, even if you just take these playoff injuries you look at when Kawhi uh sprained his acl uh could possibly be a tear it was on a basketball play Trey Young, when he sprained his ankle, or when he sprained his foot, or whatever it was, he stepped on a rest foot. All these, all these other injuries, they happen because it's basketball, and injuries happen in basketball. What, which of these injuries have been lingering injuries that would have benefited from more time? The only one that I could say off the top of my head is James Harden, but. He brought that on himself. His 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 strained or pulled hamstring 
he brought that on himself because he wanted out of Houston. So his ass decided, I'ma get fat and I'ma play like shit. And I'ma come in out of shape so that I could get traded to wherever the fuck I want. And then once he got traded, he had he he didn't have time. I mean, the season was already going. So he didn't have time to get back into shape and actually prepare his body the way he normally does. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. I do get what I get what you're saying, and you also you make very valid points. My whole thing is, okay, yes, your point. Basketball is a contact sport. Basketball is very physical. With these guys that are explosive athletes, the torque that they play with, the explosiveness that they play with, the constant misdirection. When you're constantly planning, moving, cutting, making fast moves, making fast reads, you're susceptible for injury. I do get that. I do understand that. I hear what you're saying. But all I'm saying is that when in any, we've all, all three of us have been watching the NBA for a very, very long time. Since the sandbox. Since the sandbox. I -hmm. can say that confidently. When have you ever seen in one season where faces of the franchise, max player guys are dropping like flies? Like, let me ask you, are, are you... Are you certain that that wasn't a proponent of the rest season? Are you just, are you convinced that it was just bad luck? I'm not saying that it's not, that the rest season had nothing to do with it. I definitely think that more time to get your body prepared would help. I'm always, I've always been a proponent, especially as a coach, I've always been a proponent of preparation. So, I get what you're saying in terms of, you know, getting that rest and getting those workouts in to prepare. But at the same time, these athletes, just to just to address your point as far as when have we ever seen stars or this many injuries in seasons past, when in season, seasons past have you seen this kind of athleticism and explosiveness and you know the type of movement that these guys are doing now they didn't do the they didn't do this type of movement in the 90s in the 90s they didn't even have a euro step now you got a now you got the euro step you got you got a whole bunch of like everything in the 90s the reason people who talk about the 90s being such a great era in basketball or one of the reasons is because of their footwork their footwork was also more stationary than it is now because everything was centered around the post in the post game low post so you're closer to the basket you don't have to move as much you're pivoting you're you're you know you got your hook shots you got your drop steps nothing much more now good footwork involves having a euro step it it involves change of direction it involves a whole bunch of movement that they didn't really do in the 90s and the 80s. Yeah, I, I, I see all the points. Um, and I mean, the the pressure from the networks also, you know, I'm not gonna act like that didn't play into it, but you yeah. know, there, there's a lot of money that came in from the networks uh, that were definitely pushing for it. So again, it's not one of those things where I, I get it from the business side. Um, 
there is one player I know for a fact that off that shortened off season it affected him because the injuries that kept coming up were the same type injuries that were in the bubble and it was Anthony Davis. Every single time that injury kept coming up, it was always an injury that kept popping up from that time that was in the bubble. And it was like, if I could have just, we could have just had one more month just to have him just lay in a damn bubble himself and bubble wrap. Just put fragile on, just put fragile on the bubble wrap, just leave him alone. Like it just could have been something different. Um, now, obviously, there's a vested interest in that, but still, like, uh, 71 days is just, that's absurd. That's crazy. Like, and, and again, like I like I stated, there's def- there was definitely injuries that had nothing to do with the bubble. Like, you know, that, again, those, those occurred when those occurred. But a player like Anthony Davis, that was his first real deep playoff run. And then to turn around and come back with that, that body frame and you're not used to that and then seeing like all like even with the first game against the Clippers like you could just tell like I I said it from jump I was like look I don't I don't worry about um about ring night because whether we win or lose because that's our night so I don't care but in the back of my mind I'm watching him move and I'm like I don't like it right yeah and it, it's yeah and it wasn't and it wasn't like i was it wasn't like i was mad at him it was just yeah i don't like the circumstances because right. that does not look good and then he came back out the next night and put up a good game so it's like okay well maybe we'll see and then they go on the run to start the year and it's like all right well maybe and then that night that fateful valentine's day in, in denver and then it's like eh, well. i mean at the same time when has anthony davis had a healthy season I mean, you could say that. <laughs> you can say that, but I'm not saying he wouldn't benefit from more time to heal, right? And 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 get his body right. I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm not taking. I'm not taking anything away from that. He's had two relatively healthy seasons, and that's in 16, 17, and 17, 18. But to your two. point, but but to but your point, last year he also had a relatively healthy season as well. And to, to you guys' point, uh, JC, I think you tweeted a, I think you tweeted this during the season. As fans of Anthony Davis and as Laker fans in general, we're just gonna have to come to grips that AD is going to miss 15 to 20 games per season. So if he if he plays 65 games at least, 65 to 68, as a Laker fan, that's a win for me. Because I already know he's going to sit out some games. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just throw that out there. Yeah, no, if 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 uh if him playing 65 to 68 games throughout the year means that he's playing the entire playoff run, I'll give me that. Yes, because because him playing damn near, I mean, obviously he had some off nights before he got hurt, but the quick turnaround and that leading up to what occurred in Denver off of the shortened off season to try to prove that yes i am tough i can do no you don't gotta no don't don't prove that <laughs> i don't i don't care about that you well, might I mean, like could it could it also have been not so much that i'm tough i need to come back but my team right now isn't that great and i have new teammates so i need to play so that we can get back to See, we, we were, were last 21 year. and 6 <laughs> we were 21 and 6 we were 21 and six see so this is what happens when 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 outsiders start getting in and start 
popping off and, and jumping. Because this, this is why you need me on the sideline. I could pull him <laughs> to the side and be like, hey, man, shut the social media off. Leave it alone. <laughs> you go to take a nap. I don't even want to see you around around state. Matter of fact, I'm going to make a call to Jeannie. You don't even need to be at this arena tonight. Just go <laughs> relax. Stay away from here. We we need you for, for, for the summertime games. Go away. It's what happens when you get on social media and people that, that are rooting for uh, for Cleveland, who ain't got no damn fighting the dog for anything past <laughs> April. And then they start making him feel some type of way. So now he feels like he has to prove himself to, to people who themselves have nothing to live for without LeBron James in the city. You're, that's you're, what you're, that's what ends up happening. You're trying to prove something to strangers over the internet that work nine to five that probably have never played basketball a day of their life and are shaped like me. <laughs> but because <laughs> yes, but, but because Skip, because the Skip Baylesses of the world have empowered them yeah. and given them a voice. Right, exactly. That that's where we come to. Um, no, I, I see, I see, I see. <laughs> yeah, I see both spectrums of this argument. Um, I just I felt like it was rushed, but at the same time, you know. They did have the network deals, and of course, I did know that if they did not start in December, that they were going to sacrifice five hundred to six hundred million dollars, um, even by pushing it off by one month. So, yeah. you, the, the owner, governor, whatever the hell they're calling themselves these days, you're not going to tell the leader of a franchise, "Hey, do you want to sacrifice five hundred to six hundred million dollars?" That, that's just small not market team. A small I mean, market no. team like the Pelicans. So, hell no. no. So no. aside from that, what what would have what would your guys' solution have been? I mean, JC, well, I know you that, mentioned starting after the Super Bowl, but yeah. I mean, that's still that's still a short offseason. So, so here's what. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. So my what I initially would have done would have been I had actually said this while the bubble was going on, which was you can still have the 66 to the if you wanted to try to go for the 82 game season. Go ahead and do it. You're just gonna have a funky time frame for the next one to two seasons until you get it back on track. Really, what they should do is they should really change the schedule. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I really enjoyed watching basketball during late October. That was fun. It was dope. Yeah, it was different. Like, like I was watching that and I was like, why, why don't we have basketball during the summertime? Now that I'm thinking about it, like. Like, legitimate, like, having basketball, like, an all-star break during the summertime. Like, why don't we do that? Why is all-star break in the winter? So, my thought process was, like, okay, let's rearrange the, let's rearrange this whole thing. Start the season in January or February, and then go all the way through, um, I would say go all the way, like, you know, the six to seven month plan. Really, what it should be is, is your season should end right before the NFL season starts. You should start right after the NFL season ends and you should start and end and right before the NFL season starts. You have a clear window to make that happen. Um, so that would have been my alternative for that. So uh, I got a, a different perspective that I wanted to bring up to you, uh, to you women. So uh, I was going back and forth with uh, one of my homegirls, Brittany, on, on my Facebook, I posted about this very topic a few weeks ago. And she had brought up a point stating that the bubble shouldn't have happened at all. 
Um, and they should have just left the season postponed and restarted up again in October and do the full 82 uh, game season. And she's in the mind frame of that there wouldn't have been as many injuries um, as there were. Uh, and again, like that's a generalization because obviously you don't have any, you don't really, you can't control injuries and there's still the COVID piece. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at is, do you think the league made a mistake by uh, introducing the bubble? the bubble or do you think they would have been better off just leaving last season postponed and just picking right back up? So, How do you guys feel about that? So for, first, part of the reason they had the bubble was because, yeah, because of the network television money and, you know, the sponsorships and all that. Another part of the reason they had the bubble, though, was because if they didn't have the bubble, those players weren't going to get paid. Yeah. And the players wanted to get paid. Obviously, you got the stars like LeBron, Kawhi. They don't want to go to the bubble because that money doesn't matter to them because they're getting paid no matter what they got all, all these sponsorships but what about the seventh eighth guy on the on the in the rotation on every team the f- there's the free way, agent, you know yeah the dude that's exactly. on an inspiring contract mm-hmm. exactly there's way more of them than there are the stars that have a whole bunch of money for sponsorships and stuff and like if i'm if i'm on an nba team and i'm the 12th guy on the bench and I don't get any playing time, but I don't get a check because LeBron doesn't want to play? No, hell no, you ain't messing with my money. You ain't messing with my money. You ain't messing with my $100,000 just because you are okay with missing $10 million. That ain't gonna have $30 million. And granted, let me me, me preface my comments by saying that I 100% respectfully disagreed with my homegirl's point but I, I i see what she's saying yeah but it was just to you guys's point and it's just too much on the line from a, a financial monetary standpoint to just not resume the season because of yeah. whatever and, and not kind of that they kind of had to like i mean well yeah everybody has a choice but you think of the long-term ramifications because to your point it hurts it it, it hurts the the rotational player it hurts the uh it hurts the player that are on their last year their deals but it hurts the small market teams the most it hurts oh for the sure Orleans, the orlando's the san antonio's the charlotte's it you know and the list goes on and on it really hurts those small market teams so yeah to your point i agree i agree with everything that you're saying i just you know shifting gears wanted to oh definitely you know yeah, and and I, I completely, I completely get and understand what what your homegirl is saying. And to to a point, I agree with. I I think that if it weren't for the money issue, if there was for some reason somehow that everyone could get paid like normal, then I would agree. No bubble. Just start off the next. Just start off the next season like regular. And there's there's just no champion in 2020. You and then you just go through your normal free agency and, and trades and everything. Another another point I wanted to make, and Chris Paul just said this like a few a few days ago in uh the pre the pre-finals interviews in his in his uh press conference. Players had a voice in 
every one of those calls leading up to the bubble and leading into this season. So, so there, there's no, there, you can't, you can't put it all on the league. You can't put it all on the, on the sponsors and the networks because the players had a voice and they, they voted on everything. Right. To your point, if LeBron says "fuck that bubble" or "I'm not playing." Whatever, whatever LeBron says goes, you know, exactly. whether people so, like it or not. I think also the, to a bigger point, um, from a societal point, what we're missing is that it was beneficial from this angle. The bubble was a, a humongous positive for, if, if for no other reason than for this one reason. It ended up becoming the safest place in the damn country. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, think about that for a second. No positive tests. What was it from like October, from August through the end of the bubble? Yes. No positive COVID tests. It was literally. It was crazy. Like that's not even hyperbole. It was literally the safest place <laughs> in the United States. So from that perspective. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, it, it, it it worked. That's um, a win in itself. That's yes. a win in itself for the league. Yes. That's impressive. Um, yeah. Uh, if anything, I mean, obviously, you don't want these guys to sacrifice three months at a time in a bubble. Yeah. But, I mean, we said it on, on our podcast. Like, could you imagine these guys going to a midseason tournament and having to do this like could you imagine in 2006 or 2008 having to be stuck in a bubble with Kobe Bryant knowing <laughs> the kind of mind frame that that man well like you're like he's like it's like Watchmen I'm not stuck in here with you you're stuck in here with me <laughs> like could you imagine a bubble but just for a week or two just for Bro, these imagine, like, these these, these these tournaments Imagine 1998. You're stuck in the you're stuck in the bubble with Michael Jordan and yeah. Dennis Rodman. Yes, Dennis fucking yeah. Rodman. <laughs> yeah, no, no. From that perspective, I want to see a one <laughs> to two week bubble every single year, just for a tournament. Because now that there's no, you know, as assuming as we're moving forward, because uh, we still know COVID is still we still have to maneuver through it. Yeah. But as we're clearing through, and that's no longer going to be a part of this. Yeah, I do want to hear who's who's getting scuffles near near the muffins that that one morning before the game. I do want to hear who's playing mind games near near the golf course and then going out in the court and busting ass. Like being locked in a bubble with your opponent is just something completely different. It's on some Mortal Kombat type deal, and I want more of that. I, I like that idea. <laughs> It also brings back that whole AAU feeling. Yes. Like yes. you you see like like if you if you look at like what was it, Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum in the bubble, there was like it was like best homies. Yeah. <laughs> like and it's and it's kind of like bringing you back bringing you back to high school when you're in AAU playing those tournaments. Yeah. You you're always playing against this dude, but now all of a sudden you have the opportunity to just chop it up with him and just kick it, you know, relax or whatever because you have nothing else to do other than practice and play against each other 
Oh yeah, remember. And then you uh, have the utmost respect for one another, so it's like. Yeah, remember uh, Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray traded fifty points, and then the next morning they were looking at each other getting breakfast and then putting <laughs> yeah. each other on their putting each other on their social media. <laughs> Asking each other in the hallways and stuff. You know? yeah. I know yeah. what you're eating for. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to eat that. You don't want to eat that extra bagel. <laughs> right. Put down that donut. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I cannot wait for those bubble documentaries to start popping up on all the the, the so um the DSPs everywhere. Th those are going to be the documentaries I want to see. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's all the time we got for today. Thank you again for tuning into this episode. If you would like to be a part of the episodes or if you'd like to request or suggest any certain topics that you want to talk about or if you just completely disagree with us or if you have any feedback at all you can hit us on our ig the killer crossover podcast or hit us up on the email the killer crossover pod at gmail.com you can also find me on twitter at emankoa at e-m-a-n-k-o-a you can find me uh mo smith on twitter as well your boy mo 87 and jc and you can follow me at JC No Hundreds on all social media as well. You can catch me every week on the Illogical Sense podcast. And you can catch our social media on Twitter at TIllogicalSP, as well as Instagram at The Illogical Sense, as well as The Illogical Sense on Facebook. All right, that's it. And peace. Oh. Peace out.